Hello and welcome to Laying, po- Laying the Points, brought to you by my bookie. My name is not Matt Lamarca; it is Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. But I am with Matt Lamarca. I'll be running the ship today. As uh, Matt, Matt's still on on work, technically doing stuff over at Labs. Uh, good friends of the show, Labs. Though I've been I've written there before. They've had guest stuff on Rotoviz, so always love uh, letting Matt support Labs and, and work there. So uh, w- what's going on, Matt? We both had I think we were both three and two last week, if I'm not mistaken. So just another week of putting in putting in the time and coming out on top. Yeah, another successful week for the show. Uh, I was happy that you didn't officially pass me this week. So. Oh, I know. Uh... <laughs> we were close. But the thing was, even even if I would have, like, you would have lost the last bet. I think you had a bet that was, like, one of the final primetime games. You still have a a uh, tie on your books, whereas I right. don't. So you have, like, the, the half game edge over me. So I it would have taken a good week for me and a very bad week from you to happen. This week, though, it could be the one. Could be the one. I'm, I'm definitely nervous about it. Um, yeah, that, that game was, I had San Francisco that, uh, on the Sunday night game. So that ended up being a, a bloodbath. Uh, both primetime games, honestly, were bloodbaths. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm always excited. I love the Thanksgiving week. I love Thanksgiving in general. You know, what can go wrong with a day, you know, with no work, three football games, lots of food. And in my particular case, lots of gambling. Like, that just sounds like a fantastic day. Yeah, before we get into Thanksgiving, I just want to remind everyone that Rotovis Patreon is rolling as we head towards the fantasy playoffs. Uh, speaking of playoffs, uh, Matt, we you, you ended up Scott Fish perfect, didn't you? Perfect. 12-0. and 0. Uh, I was one of three teams. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I finished, like, 14th in points or something like that too so yeah it was a very good season for me I'm uh I'm I'm pretty proud of what I accomplished now granted this league is for nothing except bragging rights but uh it's serious industry bragging rights though I mean that's like you'll have clout for sure dude we could have I think last year somebody at Rotoviz won it as well as somebody on like Dynasty Tradecast like you like we have I promise you, we have sharp people here at Rotoviz. So if you want, you know, access, exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack, you can ask your questions, get literally league winning advice from like all the podcasts and writing team. You can get ready for the playoffs, become a Rotoviz Radio Patreon today to join our exclusive community of listeners, get access to premium content, and do your part in helping our network grow. We want to see ourselves get bigger because, like, I, I, I believe we're really sharp. So, you know, we want to keep producing high quality industry leading programming. That's patreon.com forward slash Rotoviz Radio. And of course, you know, speaking of exclusives, as a loyal podcast listener, you get 10% off of your Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Get ready for that playoff push, gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content and tools. So you get amazing value and you support the podcast network. Once again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. That's it. We're going into the Thanksgiving slate. We have three games. Like you said, we love the Thanksgiving slate. I think it's just a really fun one to get to enjoy all of the games, both betting and DFS-wise. So I'm excited. First game on the slate, Chicago versus Detroit. Detroit plus four, a 37 over under. And of course, uh, we'll talk about this later, but I just want to remind you, this is the MyBookie promo game. You bet it and you get $250 free to bet on this game. If you lose, refund. No risk, all gravy. Like It's, it's free money sitting out there. I don't know why you wouldn't play this. So just which side? Pure no yeah, like I, just take the money, man. So, which side would you tell people to be betting on this one with their free bet? Yeah, so this is a really tough game uh, for me to handicap. Like, uh, obviously, we have some injury concerns with the Lions at quarterback. Uh, we're not really sure. It sounds like Jeff Jeff Driscoll is going to play, but 
if he's out, that would put them down to their third string quarterback. But I just can't help but side with the Lions as a small home underdog here. I mean, the Bears, what have the Bears done this year to deserve to be favored by four points on the road? You know what I'm saying? Like, we're we're saying that this Chicago Bears team is seven points better than the Lions on a neutral field. What have they done to deserve that kind of recognition? So I uh, I definitely think that the Lions are where I will be siding with my MyBookie free play. Um, you know, you also get the added benefit of getting to fade the public with that wager. The Bears right now getting 79% of the public bets. So I think the Lions are my uh, preferred handicapping side here. I don't feel great about it because the Lions themselves obviously are not a particularly good team, but I don't need to feel great about it. I got a free play for up to $250 on this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, on the Lions side, I would be worried. I, I'm imagining Jeff Driscoll plays. I believe he was a limited participant in practice, and he did suffer this injury last week during Washington where he finished out the game. Like uh, I think he he threw a game-losing interception, so he definitely finished out the game, uh, or if not, was close to it. Uh, yeah, so for me, I'd be a little concerned that this hamstring injury keeps him from running, which is really what he's been good at. And normally I don't care too much about running the ball, but quarterback rushing is actually like a way to produce positive EP plays. Uh, so for me, especially he's averaging like right around seven yards per carry. He's been, the dude's like a really sneaky good athlete. So for me, that would be a little bit concerning, but not concerning enough to say that Chicago would be like seven point favorites on a neutral field. It's like both of these teams are particularly bad giving one of them that much of an edge is just seems like almost absurd to me. So I, I very much agree with you in, in calling Detroit my pick here at plus four. All right, next game we have is Buffalo versus Dallas. Dallas are six and a half point favorites. The over-under is at 47. I want to say that over-under has come up like two and a half points. A big riser on the Thanksgiving slate. Matt, where are you going with this game? Yeah, so again, this is another one where I'm kind of struggling because – Buffalo, to me, has been one of the more overrated teams all season. Uh, I just don't think they're any good. But at the same time, the Cowboys as large favorites at home is a pretty scary proposition. Like Jason Garrett, historically, 20-32-1 against the spread as a home favorite. So not particularly a team and a coach that you want to back in that situation. I do think that the motivational edge lies with Dallas at this point. You know, they kind of got undressed by Jerry Jones after losing that game, uh, their last game that they played. So I think that they will be motivated to show up here. With that in mind, I will side with the Cowboys. Uh, again, like the Bills are another public uh, public team here. Not not by a huge majority or anything, but 61% of the bets right now landing on the Bills. So I'll side with the Cowboys. I don't feel great about them in this spot, but I do think that there's enough working in their favor to make them the the play. Yeah, I think uh, we're, we might be getting a bit of a discount. I mean, it's tough because Dallas is coming off of, or at least for me, it actually makes it kind of easy. Dallas is coming off of like a pretty ugly, embarrassing game against the Patriots, but that tends to happen if you're not Lamar Jackson. And Buffalo, like you said, has been one of the more overrated teams in our opinion, like the entire year. Uh, so I think Dallas is probably the play I'd be going with, especially when you look at their offenses. Dallas has the number one offense in terms of yards per play. They're so incredibly efficient. And Dak is a player who uh, I think there's probably a lot of noise baked into these stats, but has just had these like 
insane home road splits. Now he's back home and he plays the Bills who have a bottom half of the league offense in terms of yards per play. Like I, I think they could really dunk on the Bills in this spot. So I like Dallas, uh, maybe even for my five. So that's probably where I'd go with this one. Our next and final game, the Thanksgiving primetime is New Orleans versus Atlanta. Atlanta are being given a whole touchdown here, seven points, and the over-under is set at 49 uh, where are you going with this one? Uh, news to talk about. Julio Jones said he expects himself to play. I don't know how much you can really read into a player talking about themselves, but I do think he will play. Um, that's probably the the biggest of it. Marshawn Lattimore logged a limited practice. I think he's probably uh, going to play, but don't hold me to that. So I think that's everything. Where are you going with this game? Yeah, I'm a little upset uh, because Atlanta laid such an egg last week that this line has moved up to a full touchdown. Uh, I am seeing you can get it at six and a half in certain places. So you might want to shop around if you like the Saints, but they're, they're the side for me. Uh, I just think that after Atlanta kind of surprised them a few weeks ago, they'll be out to, uh, to sort of avenge that loss. Atlanta season is over. Even if Julio plays, there's no guarantee that he's going to be healthy enough to uh, be anything more than a decoy. We've seen him, you know, occupy that role in the past where he's active and he's on the field but he's not really doing much to impact the game so I like New Orleans here I think this is my favorite side on the Thanksgiving slate the only thing that concerns me is that obviously the Saints are going to be a very public team so I'm willing to side with the public in this situation but it's always scary when you uh when you're you know going against Vegas in such a big fashion yeah, I do think what we saw with the Falcons last week giving up 35 to the Bucks was that their previous two weeks of giving up 12 points combined to the Panthers and Saints was probably a bit of a mirage given that we had like a 10-game sample of them being an awful defense. Uh, you know, they, they did a great job. They were in New Orleans, I believe, and held the Saints to nine. And then the Panthers, they crushed and Kyle Allen threw four picks. But uh, I, I want to say that's more of noise than anything. We saw it go back to now 11 games or uh, 10 games now uh, of just being an awful defense. And if there's anything the Saints want to play, it's bad defenses. So I think we're getting a little bit of bias from what happened in the last time these teams met. Whereas I think I'm, I'm just going to side with New Orleans, even if it is public. All right, we are now on to the 1 p.m. games on Sunday. Our first one is Green Bay versus the Giants. Giants are seven-point dogs. Matt, what is your take on Danny Danny Nichols and the Giants? <laughs> Danny Nichols. Um, yeah, man, we've all cooled off on that guy pretty quickly, huh? Uh, in all seriousness, the Giants, their, their biggest weakness is their defense. Their defense has just been horrible. All year, I mean, basically whoever they're playing against shreds them. So I'm going to go with the Packers here. Uh, Rodgers historically is good off of a loss, 29 and 15 against the spread in that situation. So uh, I think that this is a nice opportunity to kind of buy back on them a little bit. Again, you have to worry about this being a public team, but I do think that, uh, Getting them at seven or, again, I'm, I'm seeing some six and a halves out there. That's still a pretty good number for me because I just don't see any situation where Green Bay scores less than like 30 some odd points. Yeah, I think that's uh, probably a good way of looking at it. And for me, that actually makes me very interested in going with the over here because the Giants, like you said, I, I just can't envision a, a way that the Giants stop Green Bay. 
And on top of that, uh, the Giants have some playmakers like Darius Slayton. I mean, Saquon Barkley hasn't done much this year, but Darius Slayton and Saquon Barkley are both like uh, Slayton can break any single play open for like a 50-yard touchdown. We all know who Saquon Barkley is. I think the uh, the over here is probably how it would go with this game. But yeah, I just I can't imagine backing the Giants. Our next game here is Washington. I believe they are at Carolina. Yeah, Washington at Carolina. Carolina, 10-point favorites, a 39-and-a-half over under. Uh, Matt, what is your take on the Carolina Panthers? Oh, man, this is <laughs> – I haven't really – none of these games really jump out to me to start the week. Uh, Washington is not a good football team. I know they're coming off of a win, but they scored like a – I don't know if it was a defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown in that game, but – they scored without having their offense on the field, and they still only managed to put up 19 points. So, like, not a very, uh, you know, not a situation that inspires a ton of confidence with them. Like, they have just looked pretty futile on that and uh, on that side of the football with Haskins on her center. At the same time, though, like, Carolina favored by 10 points? That seems like a lot to me. Uh, I will take Washington, but... It's it's a very low confidence play. I mean, I do believe that their defense should be able to limit Carolina, who, uh, you know, is now sitting at like five and six for the year, I believe. So I don't think Carolina is a particularly good football team. But the real question is, can Washington just get to like 17 points? Because if they do that, I think that they cover this game. Uh, I will tentatively say that they can do that. But again, I don't feel particularly confident in that. Yeah, you are. Uh, you would be right in saying that you think they can. They have done that in the past two weeks, uh, 17 and 19 points. But it has not, like last week, it was not on the back of their offense. Like you said, it's, um, yeah, I'm not awfully confident in Washington being able to cover this. Dwayne Haskins has been one of the, if not the worst passers in the league this year. Uh, on the season, he's averaging under a four adjusted yards per attempt, completing like 54% of his passes, throwing okay. touch throwing touchdowns at nearly a third the rate that he throws interceptions like uh, it's just tough for me to ever back a quarterback this bad uh but on the other side it is a 10 point spread i'd probably just stay away from this one especially i think we've talked about it before but it's it's very easy to see a situation where carolina's up late and just washington gets the backdoor cover because it doesn't really matter for carolina so i would probably stay away from this one I would be interested in betting the under on 39 and a half because uh, Washington's just so bad and Carolina might not need to score. And the Washington defense hasn't been as awful as like a Miami defense or a Cincinnati defense. They're not good, but they are not like true league bottom like some of the other teams. So that's that's probably where I'd go with this one. The next game we have, I am really excited to talk about. It. I want to get your thoughts on because yeah. it's uh, it's man. San Francisco at Baltimore. Baltimore six point uh, favorites here, forty six and a half over under. I this is going to be. I mean, this could just be a preview of the Super Bowl. Am I wrong? Absolutely. I would say that uh, these might be the the favorites in their respective conferences at this point. You know, I know that Baltimore still has to contend with New England. Uh, my pick to to represent the AFC would probably still be New England, but it's hard to argue against what Baltimore has done. Uh, for the past couple of weeks. So they look real good at the moment. Yeah, so for this game, it's difficult because I want to say that uh, San Francisco has one of the league's best defenses. In fact, in yard per play, they have the best defense in the entire league, uh, even better than New England right now. But, like, does Lamar Jackson actually care at all if your defense is any good? Like, 
he we, he you know crushed the the Patriots. They never really looked to be too competitive in that game. I I maybe it's just the the Lamar Jackson love, but uh, you know Baltimore six point favorites. I could see them doing. I don't want to say what they did to uh, L.A. because that was unholy, but I could see them. I can see. I think they're the best team in the league, and I don't think it's it's like I think their offense is easily the best in the league right now. Don't think it's particularly close. Even when they run the ball, they've been incredibly efficient, mostly because they're getting all of the Lamar Jackson runs, which is like quarterback runs are just the way you need to move the ball. And on top of that, they've even been efficient running with like Mark Ingram. So I'm probably going Baltimore here, but I don't think this will make my five. So yeah, I I actually really like San Francisco. Um, I know I just gassed up Baltimore a little bit, but. To me, San Francisco continues to be like the most disrespected one-loss team this late in the season that I can remember. Uh, I don't understand what else they have to do. You know, like they just came off a drumming of the Packers, which to me was a more impressive result than Baltimore beating the Rams. Like the Rams are trash. People just don't seem to realize it yet. Um, so... To me, that win was more impressive, the Niners win, and yet this spread still moved from four and a half to five because of what, or uh, to six because of what Baltimore did. So the one thing in this game that points me also in the direction of San Fran is that as good as Baltimore has been offensively, they are 24th right now in rush defense DVOA. Uh, San Francisco, we know, is a team that loves to run the football that has a, a good offensive line. Uh, I think that this could be another game where San Francisco just kind of dominates in the trenches and that they can pull out a win or or at least keep this game, you know, to like a field goal in either direction. So I like their ability with, with their defense to sort of contain Lamar Jackson as much as anybody can contain Lamar Jackson. And I think that they'll be, in, be able to control the clock and move the ball on offense. So... I like San Francisco actually for for at least uh, a play. I'm not sure if they'll be in my five pack, but they will probably be a team that I have a wager on this week. Yeah, I think uh, so. The interesting thing here is both of these teams have like the like some of the league's best rushing attacks. Would that put you at any interest in the under here? Just given how I mean, like you said, you have to imagine San Francisco's game plan is to control the clock and not let Lamar Jackson take the field. Uh, any interest in the under here at forty six and a half? Mm. Not, I mean, because both of these teams are efficient with their running. And the Ravens, you know, even though they are a, a ground and pound team, like they, they score points. I, I, I see the logic for uh, betting the under. I'm just not great at totals. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I'm not. No, I think that one thing uh, has a ton one of thing you kind of taught me was or I mean, I at least gleaned from you is that like early in the season, I guarantee you, if we looked back at uh, my bets, I was betting way more totals. And since early, like since week probably three or four, uh, I've been wildly positive. It was just the first three weeks I, I put myself in a hold together. So I think uh, this podcast probably is built on not betting totals very much. Next game we have is Tennessee at Indy. Indy are two and a half point favorites. The totals at 43 and a half um, for Indy. T.Y. Hilton ended up, uh, like, I think he said something along the lines of it, his leg tightened up during the game or something. He didn't feel very good. I am not awfully confident he'll play, and if he doesn't, I doubt he'll be at full T.Y. Hilton capacity. Uh, not seeing Marlon Mack, not that it really matters, and Eric Ebron on IR as well. I would be particularly concerned for the Indianapolis offense, and man, Ryan Tannehill just jamming it in my stupid face every single week. <laughs> 
Uh, am I am I about to bet Ryan Tannehill this week? I maybe. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna side with the Colts. I uh, as much as I've been kind of on the Tannehill bandwagon, uh, to me, like what Tennessee did last week against Jacksonville was pretty irrelevant. Like Derrick Henry just just destroyed them. Uh, I don't think that they'll be able to do the same kind of thing against the Colts. You know, the Jaguars are just a bad football team, unfortunately. So the fact that this line moved from three and a half to two and a half, even though it's only one point, that one point's a pretty big deal, right? It drops us under the key number of three. So I like Indy here. I think they're the better team, and that's not being reflected in this line. So I will go against my boy, Ryan Tannehill, my boy Derrick Henry, and uh, make a little wager here on the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I like that. Uh, and as you said, it's, it's uh, the key number of three here. If if they were on a neutral field, this says they're even teams, or I guess it actually says that the Tennessee would be a slight favorite. I still think, man, I might. You, you've got me wanting to go back to fade Ryan Tannehill, and I, I've <laughs> talked about it every week. I mean, he's like not the very good passer. Even last week, it, it came on the back largely of of Derrick Henry, and especially it opened up with uh, the the short field turnover that pretty much like at that point the game got out of hand, like got out of hand within the ensuing drives. So I'll probably stick with you on Indy, but the amount of money I've lost on Tennessee this season, uh, like specifically the past few weeks, I, I think I'd be staying away from this one. Our next game, Philadelphia versus Miami. Miami are ten point uh, dogs here. I believe Philly's at Miami, and it's a 44.5-point total. Uh, Wentz was banged up, but I, I'm pretty sure there's no reason to expect he doesn't play. So uh, that's what's going on there. Miami, on the other side, injury news are likely to be without Albert Wilson, without Jakeem Grant. Not a big deal, but it is interesting that they're going to be starting their, what would it be, like fifth receiver from the beginning of the season, given that you, know, you had uh, Preston Williams breaking out and then the two other receivers they just lost. So, like... Any uh, any interest in fading Miami? I mean, not that anyone's buying Miami too much, but any interest in uh, like that changing your opinion of Miami? Yeah, so just one more quick thing on the Colts that I forgot to mention. They played on Thursday last week, so this is one of those mini-buy type situations that uh, I like targeting favorites in. So just one more reason to, uh, to consider fading your boy Tannehill, uh, Kyle. Oh, don't make me do it again. I want to do it. You know I want to do it. <laughs> In this game, I just can't get over the fact that despite the fact that the Dolphins were just just absolutely crushed by the Browns last week, the public is still all over them. 81% of the bets so far have come in on the Dolphins. Now, granted, it is only Wednesday. That could change as we get closer to kickoff, but like... Why Why is the public such so in love with Miami right now? I mean, I know Philadelphia is not a particularly good team either, but the golfing class between them and the Dolphins is tremendous. So the way that the betting numbers are lining up, I have no problem taking the Eagles despite them being 10-point favorites. Uh, I just I want nothing to do with a Miami team that is going to be that public of a team. Yeah, that is I that's that's really strange uh for all the reasons you said and this season Miami's margin of victory in this case margin of loss uh 16.6 like this like if they're just playing the average dolphins opponent uh, average dolphins opponent they're getting crushed. So for me this is like the perfect time to buy low on the Eagles who like 
visually looked awful. Like Carson Wentz specifically looked terrible last week, but I think that sort of bias can get in the way of like, he's been a middle of the road to slightly below average passer. Those players have all just done fine against Miami with like a bottom two to three passing defense in the league. Uh, I think betting Philly here, especially if you tell me the public is on Miami. Oh, give me all the Philly. I apologize. This is my fault. I was looking at uh, the total still. <laughs> 81% no. of this game is on is on the over, uh, not on the Dolphins. I apologize. The Dolphins are not predictably. Uh, they are they are getting 35% of the tickets. So the public does like the Eagles. That doesn't change my analysis of this game, though. I still think that they're the better team. The Sharps appear to agree. Uh, 88% of the money wagered on this game has landed on Philadelphia compared to just 65% of the tickets. So the substantial money that's coming in so far is coming in on the Eagles. So my mistake, I was looking at the wrong numbers before. I, I, uh, I can confirm that these are the correct numbers still like Philadelphia. Uh, so you said all that was on the, do you say it was on the over or the under? 81% of the total bet of the handle is on the under. Sorry, the under it is on, which is why it has dropped by two points. Yeah, okay, that's what I was trying to get, get at. But I, I actually would have kind of, at least in my mind, I would have imagined uh, that the Dolphins have a very, like, um, I don't want to say high ceiling, but on, and like we saw, they were fine putting up points against the Browns. Some of it came in garbage time, uh, and, and it still comes with the fact that they have a very, like, turnover-prone bad offense with one of the worst, like, I think statistically, like, the worst running back, like, ever in Kalen Balazs. I want to say, like, given the amount of carries he's had, he has, like, the lowest yards per carry ever or something like that. Um... Yeah, they are not a good offense, but they've still managed to find ways to put up points on certain games. And we know Ryan Fitzpatrick has a lot of like spike plays and spike weeks in him. And like everybody does well against Miami. I'm actually very interested in betting the over on this game. And like we said, Philly is just wildly a, a better team. I don't, I'd be betting them all, all the day. So our next game, let me skip over that one. That is in the four o'clock. Our next game is Tampa Bay versus Jacksonville. Jacksonville are, I believe, at home, they are now one-point dogs. This line switched from where Jacksonville opened as a one-point favorite. Now they are uh, one-point dogs, the 47-and-a-half over-under. What are you doing with this game, and what do you make of that uh, pretty pretty wild line movement, the fact that they opened as favorites and are now dogs, much like uh, Philly last week, who burned us like crazy? Yeah, I mean, the advanced line on this game was actually Jaguars minus four-and-a-half. But after you know they lost and the Bucks won— now we've seen some pretty substantial line movement. So there's definitely a question of motivation for the Jags. They pretty much can't win their division anymore. You know, like that is a uh, a three-horse race, and they are the fourth horse. So, like, this could definitely be a mail-it-in spot. But just out of principle, I have to back a team when the line moves that much based on one week of results. So I will take the Jaguars plus one, but... Again, would it shock me if they completely laid an egg? It would not. Yeah, I, I would probably I, – I wish when I was looking at the, the lines when they first came out, I really like the Bucks. now that they're one-point favorites. It's much harder for me to get on them. Probably missed my chance to get on this line. But um, I, I would have really liked the Bucks, and I still think I do like the Bucks. Uh, mostly because we've seen the Jacksonville defense, all they've really done is, is generate pressure. They haven't been a good pass defense like in terms of actually like uh, their defensive backs generating any sort of uh, stoppage. 
they've still done a good job rushing the passer, but I think Jameis Winston always takes sacks regardless of who's who's going after him. So I think he's just going to continue to do what he does and huck it down the field. And Jacksonville hasn't really done a great job stopping that. So for me, I would probably be going Bucks here, but I think I probably missed the boat on that one. So, uh, you know, better luck next time. Catch catch your lines early in the weeks. Always be be out looking for that movement. On to the next game. The New York Jets. So I believe last last week the show ended with the phrase Jets, 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 J-E-T-S, Jets. And you were very much right. Very nice call. And I think last week you should have been betting like alternate lines because you had uh, San Francisco and the Jets who both just like annihilated. It wasn't even close. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, props to you for easily making those. Uh, Jets versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati at home, three and a half point underdogs, 41, and a, 41 over under. What are you doing with the terrible, awful, truly no good Bengals? Yeah, so I, I was spot on with the Jets. I was kind of a little surprised that uh, on Sunday the, the Raiders were grading out as one of the sharpest teams of the week. Uh, so I guess that makes me the sharpest sharp of them all. I'm just kidding. Don't, 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 don't take that uh, as gospel. I got one. Uh, but no, but seriously, the Jets, when they have Sam Darnold in the lineup and when they have their starting left tackle back, which they've had for the past couple of weeks, they're okay on offense and their defense is okay. Like, they're just okay. They're not bad. They're an okay team. So it didn't shock me that they took care of the Raiders, you know, coming in a West Coast to East Coast type spot. Uh, but this is a completely different animal. Now the Jets are road favorites. You know, they went from being home, home underdogs to now they're road favorites. Cincinnati is very, very bad, but they are going back to Andy Dalton, at quarterback this week, which I think makes them a little bit more, uh, you know, mediocre. <laughs> they're not, <laughs> they're not going to be at like abysmal like they were with Ryan Finley at quarterback. So, uh, this I I, I want to take the Jets because I do still think that that public perception hasn't really caught up to to what this team is about. But at the same time, this line is also you know saying that the Jets are roughly seven points better than the Bengals on a neutral field, and I don't necessarily agree with that either. So I will take the Bengals as a home dog, but you know maybe the Jets just continue to uh, to make their push here late in the season. So. I'll take the Bengals. Don't feel great about it. Yeah, uh, just in terms of the Andy Dalton-Ryan Finley splits, which you you brought up, Andy Dalton this season averaging just over six adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, He's been fine. He's completed just over 60% of his passes. Ryan Finley completing under 50% of his passes, 47% to be exact, and under five adjusted yards per attempt. Uh, like he is truly, truly awful. And is Andy Dalton good? Not in the slightest, but... Is Ryan Finley a significant downgrade and going back to Andy Dalton going to help this offense? I, I would imagine so. The the numbers would bear that out. So I'll probably stay away from this game because I just I can't imagine uh, like, man, uh, the, the Bengals are so bad. They are so incredibly bad. But the thing is, uh, you know, they're getting an upgraded quarterback. 
their home underdogs, which I'd like to be betting. So I'll probably stay away from this game, but I guess I will side with you for the Bengals. We are on to our last uh, 1 p.m. game. I think I put this in the wrong spot on the show sheet, but we have Cleveland versus Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh two-and-a-half-point underdogs. That line, I believe, has moved since it opened. They were like one or one-and-a-half and a 39-point over-under. What are you doing while Pittsburgh, uh, you know, while the Bengals moving up to their first-string quarterback, Pittsburgh down to what would now be their third in Devlin Duck Hodges? Uh, does that make does that make any difference for you? Not not even in the slightest. And I really like the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. So again, this is another one where we're getting some massive line movement. The advanced spread on this game was Steelers minus three, and now they're almost getting three. So that's that's a huge deal to me. Uh, I know that that Cleveland has looked better. But, like, are we that impressed with what they did against the Miami Dolphins? Like, the Dolphins may be the worst team in NFL history. I know they've won a couple of games, but they are awful. And so I, I don't really care that the Browns lit them up. You know, when they when these two teams played the last time, the Browns were three-point favorites at home. Now they're going to be roughly three-point favorites on the road? Makes no sense to me, especially when you factor in that they don't have Miles Garrett for this contest, who, you know, outside of the fact that he is like definitely a dirty player, the guy, <laughs> the guy is a force. You know, he makes plays. He, he pops on film if you watch Cleveland. So, uh, I think you could also make a case that, that my man Duck is not a downgrade from Mason Rudolph. I'm not saying he's an upgrade, but I certainly don't think that you're going to be much worse with Duck at quarterback. Than with Mason Rudolph. So uh, I love the Steelers this week. I, I still think that their defense is very good. Uh, and I love what has happened with this line. So if I can get Steelers plus three, if this trends even more in the Browns direction, that's going to be my favorite play of the week. But I still love them at the current line. Yeah, so I, I will come on to this podcast laying the points and tell you that Devlin Hodge is an upgrade from Mason Rudolph because I don't know if Devlin Hodge is, is any good. He was like a mediocre quarterback at a, what, like Samford, uh, but Samford. Mason Rudolph, yeah, not, not <laughs> Stanford, Samford, but uh, Mason Rudolph has just been atrocious. He has been uh, like very Ryan Finley-esque, just more check down heavy, uh, completing like over 60% of his passes, but still averaging under six adjusted yards per attempt. Like he just is a, a more conservative Ryan Finley. And when we talk about going from that type of player to basically anyone, uh, I will be betting on the anyone over Mason Rudolph. And uh, I, I think everything you said was spot on. Also, I think the Browns until recently were a very sack and turnover heavy team. Uh, I believe uh, until four or three weeks ago, Baker Mayfield had thrown an interception like every single game. Uh, and he had thrown like more interceptions and touchdowns as well or something like that. Uh, and he'd also taken a lot of sacks. And Pittsburgh has generated good pass rush this season. I think they have a solid secondary. I think they match up well. And now you're getting them with the points. I, I have one more question before we, before we move into the 4 p.m. slate. Do you think this line will actually continue to move further towards Cleveland? I mean, right now, 73% of the bets, 76% of the money coming in on the Browns. So I don't think it moves in the other direction. If it does move, I think it moves to to Cleveland minus three. But I also think that the books would, would probably be a little hesitant to post that line because that would open them up to just a ton of Pittsburgh money from the Sharps. I think if it got to three, the Sharps would be all over the Steelers. So uh, 
I, I would say it's probably doubtful that we get a full three points, but I don't think that this is going to work its way back in the other direction either. So, Yeah, uh, I very much agree. And, and like you said, I would be rather surprised if we get to that key number of three, but uh, it can't hurt to wait because I, I agree it's not moving the other, other way. So before we get into our next slate of games, uh, I just want you to know past, present, and future MyBookie players, everybody. For this week only, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game, the one we already talked about. Uh, you just choose a team against the spread uh, for up to $250. If you win, congrats. That's your money. Uh, you've got extra You've got extra holiday spending, or just spend it on leftovers. Just go buy everybody's leftovers. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It costs you nothing. MyBookie will give you all of your money back, all of it. It's, it's a no-brainer. Why wouldn't you do it? Because you literally cannot lose. The worst you can do is come away having lost nothing. It's no risk, all gravy in the tradition of Thanksgiving. It doesn't matter uh, whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. MyBookie welcomes all to come and play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. You know, do you ever find yourself wanting to sports bet, but you have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is, if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log into MyBookie.ag and make your first cut. Make your first deposit with promo code RotoViz, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet, which is the, just the freest of monies. And let me repeat, that's guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. Make sure you get on that. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train in the tradition of Thanksgiving and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Matt, we are on to the 4 p.m. slate of games. First one I have here is the Rams versus Arizona. Arizona are three-point dogs at home. The total is at 47.5. What are you doing with this game? The last time we saw the Rams just got trounced by Lamar Jackson. And as far as trouncing go, I very much enjoyed that game. Love watching Lamar Jackson do what he does. Arizona has a, I don't want to say a similar quarterback, but if there were another quarterback in the league that was similar— it would be it would probably be Kyler Murray, who is up there in terms of rushing efficiency and just overall rushing stats as well. And I, I think he's a talented passer. So can he, I don't want to say repeat what Lamar Jackson no. did against the Rams, <laughs> but do what it takes to cover this rep. He cannot repeat what Lamar Jackson did. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson is the only pl- person on the planet can do what Lamar Jackson does. Uh, but that said, you know I'm betting the Cardinals here. This is a smash for me. The Cardinals are coming off of a bye. And I just, I think that they're a pretty equivalent team to the Rams. Like, if you look at the Rams, yes, they're six and five, but they haven't beat anybody, you know, and their expected win loss record based on their, you know, points scored, points allowed is 5.7 and 5.3. Arizona, even though they only have three wins, their expected wins are closer to a four win team. So, like, I don't see a lot of difference between these two teams. When you factor in the Cardinals coming off of a bye and the Cardinals having home field advantage, I don't understand why they're, you know, three-point underdogs here. The only thing that makes this spot a little bit different for me than, you know, Pittsburgh, like we just talked about, is that the public has lost faith in the Rams. You know, 63% of the bets right now are on the Cardinals. So I think people are starting to, to realize that the Rams are a fraud. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed that they were so bad last week because now, you know, we we had, we had been making money fading the Rams for a while. It seems like those days might be coming to an end, but I still think we can get one more good week out of them. 
uh, against the Cardinals before any everybody starts, you know, just completely abandoning ship. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think the Cardinals might be a team that matches up, at least in terms of like having a bad defense, which the Cardinals undoubtedly don't have a good defense. Uh, they do generate a decent amount of pressure. They're like top half of the league in terms of sacks because Chandler Jones leads the league in sacks. Uh, and Jared Goff is notoriously, notoriously awful under pressure. Uh, I, I think they match up well. They're given the points at home, and uh, they have the better quarterback by far, but not even close. So I, I will be backing the better quarterback, the better offense at this point, and uh, a little bit of fade Jared Goff as well. Arizona plus three. You, you can book them in my five. Book it. Next game on the slate, we have Oakland versus Kansas City. Kansas City, 10-point favorites, a 51 Total, I believe that total opened like 54, 54 and a half and has come plummeting down. Uh, so what are you making of this game? Yeah, you know I'm a sucker for a, a big underdog, but not in this spot. <laughs> give me uh, give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in football, coming off of a bye against an Oakland team that just got embarrassed. I mean, this team by also just... Not not to make excuses for them, but the amount of traveling that this team has to do is pretty ridiculous. Like they're literally going west coast to east coast, now back to the west coast. Uh, I think now that the Chiefs are back at full strength with Patrick Mahomes, with Andy Reid coming off of a bye, like I can't give myself any reason to bet against them in this spot. Uh, I, I agree with you. They are coming off the bye, which should help uh, Tyreek Hill's health. Expect to play. I just think they're a significantly better team. Oakland has also one of like a, a bottom five pass defense and yards per attempt allowed. So I, I think Kansas City should just annihilate them. I'll take them with 10. Probably not in my five because it's hard for them to cover that many points. But it does make me a little more confident that it has a high over under. So there should just be a lot of points in this game. So even if Oakland does uh, score a decent bit, Kansas City should just – I think they should cover. All right. Next game we have that covers the uh, four – oh, no. Chargers versus Denver. Denver, three-point home dogs. Your team, Matt, what are you doing with the Broncos? I'm taking them, obviously. Um, I just, you know, again, Chargers are not good. We're going to now have them as a three-point home favorite. Uh, I don't buy it. I would obviously prefer it if the Broncos did not have Brandon Allen at quarterback. Uh, I think I'd but rather But would you prefer see... it over Joe Flacco? Like, that's the thing. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, hopefully we get some Drew Locke. I'm ready for that uh, experience in my life. But regardless of who's that quarterback, I think that Denver probably deserves to be favored at this game at home. So give me the Broncos getting the points. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting trend I've noticed this season. Philip Rivers, not very good, has played 14 seasons. Uh, he is setting a bottom three mark for his career this season in touchdown rate, 3.6%. Interception rate, 3.4%. Adjusted yards per attempt, 6.8%. And quarterback rating, 85.5%. Like, he, he's just, uh, like, he's played a lot of football, and he's probably not very good anymore. And there's a very talented secondary in Denver waiting to eat that up. So I think Denver plus three is a... Uh, I don't know if you have them in your five, but I will be joining you on the Denver train regardless. I like that bet a lot. Now that wraps up our 4 p.m. games. The Sunday night game, New England versus Houston. Houston, three-and-a-half-point home dogs. The over-under is at 45. Uh, this game is interesting to me because, I like, obviously nobody's Lamar Jackson, but Houston does have a very talented both passer and rusher, and we've seen 
first of all, we've seen rushers in general do well against New England. And second of all, we saw the best one, Lamar Jackson, just eat them alive. What do you make of Houston matching up with New England this week? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking the Patriots. To me, like, Houston fits the description right now of, as Bill Simmons would call it, they're the good bad team. Like, whenever they play a bad team, they seem to win. And whenever they play a good team, they seem to lose. Uh, the last time I expected something from Houston was when they took on Baltimore, and Baltimore just blew their absolute doors off. So uh, I, I think New England is the correct team here. Bill O'Brien has never beaten Bill Belichick. Patriots always cover, it seems like. Uh, you know, even last week they didn't cover against Dallas, but they probably should have, you know, barring reasonable coaching decisions by Jason Garrett, like, i.e., uh, his team should not have kicked a field goal down seven with two and a half minutes left in the game. But how, that, how is Garrett supposed to is supposed to make his spread bet if he doesn't cover? Apparently. I mean, that's literally the only way that you could justify kicking a field goal there is, oh, I wanted to cover the spread. No, so, I mean, it is, it's just hilarious how, like, little Jason Garrett understands about football. Like, and they even said, like, there was, uh, like, a, a press conference, and, like, you know, do you have anyone doing, like, expected expected points or anything? And he's just, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care about making any sort of strides to advance football. He's so bad. Uh, but I, I tend to agree with you in New England here. They are right now tied uh, third in the league against the spread because they always are. They're always a team you just, like, we talk about it every week. Just blind bet them against the spread. And uh, I do think the one thing Deshaun Watson has done throughout his career is he's been sack and, and generally a bit turnover prone. And New England, the best defense in the league, still in my mind, should be able to take advantage of that. Uh, any final thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, they're the best defense in the league. They just shut down Dallas, who had been the best offense in the league. Uh, you know, I think that that Baltimore game, like Baltimore is a special kind of beast that takes a lot of, you know, different kind of game planning to prepare for. Even though Houston has a similar type quarterback in Deshaun Watson, like they are not Baltimore. They are not going to put together, you know, a super run heavy game plan where Deshaun is going to carry the ball, you know, 15 times a game. Like that's just not what Houston does. So even though they have a mobile quarterback, I still think that this is like a traditional football team and the Patriots just take care of business in those spots. Uh, I, I would actually love to see Houston put together a super rush heavy attack because it would obviously be through Carlos Hyde, who has like so <laughs> many, so many games with like 15 plus carries because uh, Bill O'Brien just has to establish the run. He just has to establish it. And uh, like New England would love nothing more. I think even Bill Belichick said when he played against Dak, they're like, we're not really worried about what Zeke's going to do. Like, we're, we're fine with that. As long as we stop Dak, we're going to win. Uh, and that's like exactly what they did. And I could very much like that game plan, I think, would hold water against Houston as well. Please let Houston establish the run because I like New England, uh, even minus three and a half here as well. Final game, Minnesota versus Seattle. Seattle decimated us last week, and I feel like once it kicked off, I knew we had lost because we were on the wrong side of some serious line movement. Seattle this week, three-point favorites at home, 49.5-point total. What are you doing with the the runner-up MVP? If it weren't for our Lord and Savior Lamar Jackson, it would be Russell Wilson. What are you doing with this team? Oh, I thought you were referring to Kirk Cousins. No, I would don't, – don't you slander <laughs> Russell Wilson like that. His team put up 17 last week. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love Russell. Uh, I, I've been off on the Vikings all year. Like, I've been fading them, and it really hasn't worked. 
my gut is telling me that Seattle is the correct side here. You know, playing at home, laying three points, like, I think that that's about right. That said, you know that I think that Seattle is pretty over overrated outside of Russell Wilson. So maybe I should just, you know, finally give in to the dark side and take the Vikings, uh, especially since the public right now has a slight lean on uh, on Russell and the boys. So maybe maybe it's finally everything is all setting up for me to, to take Minnesota. Uh, and I think I will. Give me the Vikings. Yeah, this is yeah, this is probably stay away from me because I think Russell like like last week I I felt that there was just no way that uh, Ru- well ironically I felt there was no way Russell Wilson didn't go in and score a lot of points against Philadelphia and like I said that would have put up like seventeen or whatever uh, and Russell Wilson looked a bit mortal uh, and truly you're not wrong that Kirk Cousins has been like tr- really really great I think I saw one of the PFF guys tweet that since like week three he is their highest graded quarterback uh, he has been a very talented quarterback this entire season. And uh, I think they should be maybe getting Adam Thielen back. Uh, either way, he's been great with or without Thielen. So I'll probably stay away from this, but I think uh, Minnesota might be the sharp side. That's it. That's all the games. So let's get into our my booking, my pick five. Uh, Matt, I'll let you go first. All right. So I have four picks that I have pretty good conviction with this week. Uh, Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Indianapolis minus two and a half. Arizona plus three. And San Francisco plus six. The fifth game, again, is a little bit more of a toss-up to me. Uh, There are a couple of teams that I'm kind of debating here, but ultimately I'm going to side with the Kansas City Chiefs minus 10. I think that just, again, Andy Reid coming off of a bye. uh, I like that spot against a Raiders team that, you know, has traveled like thousands and thousands of miles already this season. Yeah, uh, I have, I believe it looks like two of the same bets. I also have Arizona plus three, and I have Pittsburgh plus two and a half. I will be going with the, as always, luck in New England weekly, minus three and a half. Uh, You sold me on Denver plus, what are they, plus three? Uh, Denver plus three. And I really think we could see a lot of scoring on the Thanksgiving game of Buffalo versus Dallas. I'll take the over at 47 there. So I think that wraps it up. We are, I don't have our records in front of us, but you were 29 uh wins on the season or 29 correct bets and i was 28 going into last week so you're like 32 uh something and one and i am 31 so we are racing towards the finish against each other but also the more you and i both do well the more the listeners do well so even if you you end up beating me we both have good records on the season which is, is really at the end of the day uh we're just trying to make ourselves and everybody listening money so cheers to the thanksgiving week everyone have a uh, have happy and safe holidays Enjoy the football and enjoy the enjoy stuffing your faces with food. For myself at Kyle Tweets here for Matt at Matt Lamarca. We will catch you next week.